Hey, welcome to the Airbrand Podcast. This is season two, episode 21, and we're finally back. <laughs> this is part two with Miss Brittany Reed. Hey. <laughs> All right. Can you hear me say my full name is crazy because I go by Bree? <laughs> so it threw me off. I was like, oh. <laughs> but hey, thank you for having me back. Okay. Um. So. Just like last time and many other episodes, are you living your best life for you? I'm working towards it. <laughs> um, I think living your best life entails getting rid of getting rid of the obstacles that are preventing you from living your best life, whatever that means for you. And I feel like that's the stage that I'm in currently. I feel like I have a good idea of what my best life would look like mm-hmm. and I have a good idea of what's keeping me from my best life and so I'm in the process maybe the early stages of the process of getting rid of those those things that are standing between me and living my best life so okay. that's so you got a basically a metaphorical um vision board I have an actual vision board um so yeah I'm checking off the things that I accomplish as I go. <laughs> okay. You want to share any good news then since she's saying that? Uh, <laughs> um, well, if it's the good news that I just shared with you, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it to myself until it actually arrives here. Okay. Just, just not being superstitious, but like, yeah, I, wanna, I just want to make sure it's, what is meant to be is what is meant to be before I announce it. Well, I did get some good news recently. Okay. That's all good. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> um, well, to jump straight into it, because we, this part two leading off um, from talking about both of your books and also Sankofa books, your company. So jumping right into the music side, because we talked about music as well. So what is your favorite love ballad? I have so many and it's crazy that you're asking me this because I recently, I just past weekend I went to Anita Baker's concert a couple okay. nights ago and it was amazing and she sang all of my favorites um, and, and it's crazy because I listened to I love lyrics, I'm a lyric person and we talked about in the last episode that we did too but her lyrics, she wrote them first of all mm-hmm. um but her lyrics just hit different. Um, there's her song Angel. There's of course Sweet Love and Rapture, but her songs her song Angel, the lyrics, mm-hmm. I recently like paid closer attention to them and I listened to the song over and over again and I read the lyrics. And she and in that song she's talking about feeling safe with that person and feeling safe with the love of her life and the how strong their love is that it could carry them through whatever and how love is intentional and it's a decision right. that you make. And the other person just doesn't make you feel safe, but you make them feel safe too. And it's just a beautiful song. I would have to say um, Angel by Anita Baker, Love Ballad by uh, LTD, I think is the Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, what we have is much more than That song. Yeah. Is- <laughs> that song. Um, But really, ultimately, 
I don't know if I could choose like just one, but there's there's several. But mm-hmm. definitely high on the list too is the first time ever I saw your face by Roberta Flack. Okay, it's very slow. Um, but it's a it's I mean it's literal it's a poem. It is a poem. It's a short song, but it's beautiful. Um, the first time I ever saw your face, I thought the sun rose in your eyes. That's how it opens. <laughs> like that's just the Dang. opening line. Oh wow. Um, and I'm gonna give you one more. It's also Anita Baker song. Um giving you the best that I got. The opening line is Ain't there something I can give you in exchange for everything you give to me? And I th- I I thought about it at a concert. I'm like, how many songs do we hear from a woman's point of view today that is like like honoring the the person in their life? honoring their partner right and i think i think in a lot of music today which is fine from a woman's point of view it's a lot of self-empowerment which is dope of course but i have i don't know the last time i've heard an artist come out with something that was like honoring their partner and all the things that they do for them like right in a way that's healthy in a way that's just not physical or sexual or like surface level or material it's very. It was very. Um, it was very intimate. Um, yeah. So all those, all those are some of my favorites, and that's just a few. <laughs> that's just a few of my favorites. I can go on and on about love ballads. I love a love ballad. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, definitely Anita Baker and um, Ltd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those, those are in my little playlist um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, but. I like what you said about the intimacy thing because mm-hmm. it's intimacy doesn't always have to be um, physical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different forms of it. So mm-hmm. whatever really resonates with that person or the person that's for you. Yeah. So. What's your favorite? What's mine? <laughs> um, uh, give, me, give me one. I, I guess uh, Brian McKnight, uh, Back at One. Oh. <laughs> that is such a good song he yeah. uh he goes through the list and then he goes and then i'll start back at one again like i'll repeat these steps every time i have to i'll go back through the process and figure out different ways of loving you again oh yeah he, he gotta express your love no matter what i love um, it but yeah speaking of love um very i guess a very deep question what does love mean to you Of course, coming from like scripture, my faith is just my faith by you. But what I believe, <laughs> like the scripture that I read and I believe in and I try to practice is yeah. um, this patient, but this kind. Um, it's not boastful, it's slow to anger. Some other stuff I cannot remember right now. And that's crazy because I was just reading that scripture this morning and I don't know why it has left me. But anyway, to answer your question, <laughs> um, love is all those things, right? Yeah. Any form of love, romantic love, the love between you and your family, between friends, between whoever that you love. When you say you love a person, I feel like it should reflect what those verses say that love is. Yeah. But romantic love, my favorite form of love to talk about, um, it's that 
And I feel like in my experience now in the way conversations and discourse around love and, and romance and relationships and dating is going, what what is really highlighted to me is like the intentionality of it. Yeah. Um because it has become like love has become like this this really like cheap thing. Right. Qu- like quote unquote love, like obviously not real love, but love in the in the way that is being discussed today is very like surface level and it's made to be like very cheap and it's made to be very like almost like weak. And I say that because people get made fun of all the time and ridiculed all the time for being in love or expressing love. You get, you get called a simp, you get called weak. Oh, you shouldn't love men. Men are dogs. And if you love one, you know better. And whatever right. comes your way because of loving a man, like you deserve, because you know you shouldn't love no man or whatever, whatever. And it, that is so unfortunate because I don't know how we get from love ballads like Sweet Love and Angel and what Brian McKnight was talking about in the songs we just talked about mm-hmm. to like now it's now it's very um if you don't meet my needs, then bye. Um Lauren Hill talks about Lauren Hill in this video, she was in a I guess it was like a Q&A session. Yeah. And I watch this video all the time because she was like, we don't even know. We don't, we can't even conceive of unconditional love because as soon as a person stops stimulating us, then she goes like this. Then we hang out. We hang up on them like, goodbye. You're out of my life. And that's what we're at today. I think the majority of people, right? Yeah. To answer your question, what I think love is. I've, I've always heard, well, not always, but. I always come back to this love is a decision phrase or way of thinking, right? And I think now in my in my experience and this point of my life, I think I understand it now. Because once a person does stop fascinating us or once this relationship stops becoming exciting, you got to fall back on love because you got to decide to love this person when they wake up and they look crazy when they're acting in a way that wasn't the way that they were acting when you first met, when you first got together, when you first got married. Um, and this goes for friendships and family too. I right. feel like, I feel like we follow different sets of rules when it comes to like friendships and family relationships than we do when it comes to like romantic relationships. Right. If it's your family or your friend and you guys grow in different ways and you're not different people, you take the time out to kind of like relearn each other because this is your friend. This is your family member. Like you have invested into this relationship. You're not just going to call it quits. Oh, you're not my cousin anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're not my friend anymore because you're a completely different person than the one we met. No, you figure out ways to come out, to to come back to each other. And it's the same thing with love. And so I think that's when love becomes intentional. I'm going to choose to love you in who you are today, who you might be tomorrow, and the ways that you're going to change in the next few years. I'm going to choose to love you. I'm going to find different ways to love you. I'm going to express my love to you in the ways that you need me to express it so that you can receive it as love. Um, I'm going to love myself and I'm going to better myself and take care of myself so that I can love you. Right. Um, love is, James Baldwin says, um, 
love is a growing up. Um, and I think what he meant, like, yes, obviously becoming a better person and maturing so that you can understand how to love, but it's also like growing up together. Um, Bell Hooks and James Baldwin and Toni Morrison and Maya Angelou, those are my, some of my favorite writers. And they all talk about love kind of in the same way of like it being very intentional, very, very grounding, very foundational in that it's almost permanent. Yeah. And that very, that very much aligns with the scripture that I brought up when I first answered your question, which is now a very long answer. So I'm going to stop talking about it. No, nah, it's, <laughs> it's real honest. You is a um, very pure answer. Um, I also <laughs> read the word. <laughs> I read the word. So, um, yeah, I definitely I know that scripture as well, and that's um, I guess a very genuine part of love, as, especially when you're loving somebody. You definitely choosing to love them. Um, I get to I guess to your dying days, whether their appearance change or not. Um, is very unconditional. Um. Especially depending on the way you love, um, like you're growing, like you're growing for you, but you're growing with that person. Mm-hmm. So, y'all, you living your, you're not just living your best life for yourself. You're living your best life for your partner. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, <laughs> um, so, what is your definition of the word love? I've actually been thinking about this all the time. And I've been thinking about it in terms of what is love and what is being in love. And like, what's the difference? What's the similarities? Right. And what I've thought about so far and kind of concluded just based off of my own experience, I think when we love somebody, we love them for who they are. Not what they do or not just who they are in the ways that benefit us you love who they are at their core you love who they are when nobody's looking right um so that means you have to know this person and you have to know them well and you have to know them intimately to know like who they are when nobody's looking right who they are when um they're not feeling well when not when they're not feeling their best when they've failed at something when they've dropped the ball somewhere um who they are when they respond in the best and not the best way not just when they're at the top of their game and they're exceeding at it um you know all the expectations and stuff like that not just knowing who they are at their best but seeing them knowing them hearing them and loving all of that yeah that's love to me. Um, and, and I say that because, again, a lot of the discourse, especially on social media, is very much like, how much can I get out of a person that will benefit me? Yeah. And it's become very much a surface level exchange, um, very uh, material based economy of exchange type thing and it shouldn't be that i i think loving a person 
is is everything that I just described. And then on the flip side, being in love, I think is okay. You love a person, you love who they are, you see them, you hear them for everything, all the aspects of them, yeah. But being in love, I feel like entails how this person treats you and how you feel in their presence and how you respond to them and how you respond to each other. So mm-hmm. that's more of like a being in love feels like more of the like the flowery part. Like, oh, I just love that you hold the door open for me. I don't know. <laughs> Stuff like that, right? Yeah. So that's more like flowery and, and butterfly. And it's very like, it's still very important and, and very integral to like loving a person. Right. Um, but that's just what I think love is. Like loving who a person is, not just what they do for you or what they do in general or what they have, but who they are. I mean, down to the most intimate and insignificant details of their being and loving who they are as they change and as they grow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, like you were saying, um, nowadays, well, probably, probably started sooner than nowadays. Um, is a vending machine, vending machine type of love that people have for each other. So, Mm -hmm. um, you're definitely trying to put something in, materialistic wise and trying to mm-hmm. get something out of it um mm-hmm. i think for me i'd rather have like a amusement type of amusement park type of love so it's dealing with all the roller coasters the sweets um the prizes mm-hmm. and like this is the enjoyment but of course sadness too and fear as well all rolled into one um but like i guess <laughs> i guess um my definition would be like Love is like like fireworks. Fire, um, your first kiss, and it's like fireworks. Um, I don't know, the way like lightning strikes or something like that. It's not perfect, but it's um, to you, is it, um, without the blemishes and everything rolled into one, because. It's, it's usually you and that person, so yeah, it's kind of pure in everything. Um, guys, I, I think eventually you're scared with that sort of stuff because, like, when you actually want to be loved and like love somebody, so I guess that's what I want to say about the amusement park type of love. That's I guess. That's more of the roller coaster ride, but I guess everybody's scared every once in a while. But mm, we gotta take a take a leap of faith. Absolutely, I think it's worth it. Um, uh, I think it's. It was one of those writers that I, I just listed. They're my favorite writers. I'm, I'm reading them all the time. Mm-hmm. And they say that there's no love without a risk. And everybody is scared of that risk. Everybody's scared of looking dumb. And everybody's scared of failing. Everybody's scared of being rejected. Yeah. But, like, there is no... There is just no love without risk at yeah. all. Um, and that's pride, honestly. That 
that fear of being rejected and that fear of looking stupid and that fear of of whatever that's your ego and that's pride and love does not coexist with pride or your ego Mm -hmm. so we have to if we have to flip that question and talk about things that love is not it's not one of them things right so if you like when people kind of shy away from letting people know how they feel because they don't want to be rejected or they want they don't want to look stupid Uh uh-huh that's not love if you're gonna let that feeling outweigh what you feel for a person then you don't love them okay you cannot love without risk um to to love at all is to be vulnerable c.s lewis wrote that and i stand on that Uh, i'm going to get it tattooed because i stand on that (laughs) big time to love is to be vulnerable yeah. Yeah, I guess because you gotta to be com- um to be comfortable, you have to get uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, you true. You you gotta speak your truth if you want to live your truth. Absolutely. So I'm surprised you didn't say um you didn't quote your book when you said. Well, um, your definition of love, because in your poem, my love is yellow. Oh, we were talking about my love in that poem. I was writing about my love, my experience. Yeah. (laughs) But in that, I was describing like what feels like what love feels like to me, and the mm -hmm. love that I. (laughs) But that was a good poem. It was really good. I think that that one and the um, was it? Con- the concrete poem. Oh yes. The, uh, <laughs> daisies and the concrete. Yes. Those two. Out of this is a bunch of them, but those main two were my favorites in the book. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. But yeah, I ain't gonna put you on the spot. But those was those was good. <laughs> so. Speaking of your book, how did you come up with the art for Sankofa books? Um, the logo? Well, yeah, the logo. Um, so Sankofa is a West African term. Um, and it is uh, it is symbolized by a Sankofa bird. And the bird is picking up, it's looking back on its back and it's picking up an egg. Okay. And the whole the whole philosophy or the whole idea of Sankofa is to uh, look back in order to go forward. So I attribute it to a few things. So looking back to your history in order to go forward, looking back to your personal past, or even learning from the people who came before us, yeah. or learning lessons from the literature that came before us in order to like do better in the future and stuff like that. It can be attributed to a lot of different things in a lot of different ways but that's the main idea um look back in order to go forward right okay. we can learn from the past we can learn from our ancestors we can learn from the past in general and move forward yeah so that's what the symbol is it's an adinkra symbol that bird and so for sankofa books my business or my company whatever um it's of course sankofa books so i chose a sankofa book uh, the Sankofa bird, the Adinkra symbol, to um, as my as my logo to kind of represent my idea behind what I do 
and why I do it. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, because um, was it? I saw it on this show. So and they were talking about like it means like no one's left behind. But like I like the way you um broke it down because it's like you're basically not forgetting where you came from to um walking. I guess walking to your future and where you're destined to be. And like nobody can take that away from you as long as you keep that, I guess, philosophy. So, if um, I have like a short description of Saint Copa and and why I connected it to um, my bookstore in my my business um, on my website on the little like about tab. Okay. Um, if you or anybody listening wants to like learn a little bit more, you can head over there. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's up. So I. So now I can ask that because I was gonna ask. Um, did you get any more like purchases on the book? My poetry book. Yeah, either one. I know you got a copy mm-hmm. of it. Uh, I actually haven't checked. Um, okay. The sales. I, sh- I probably should check, but I won't know till I check. But I know you got a copy, and I appreciate your support. Yeah, I told a bunch of people. Um, oh, so, I appreciate that. Yeah, but you never know. But like word of mouth goes a long way. So, but sometimes, absolutely, but especially yeah. when you self publish. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, so back to the music side. Mm-hmm. Who is your comfort artist? Okay, let me narrow it down to if we're talking about like artists that I listen to every day or if I'm just around the house. Okay. Cleaning or whatever. Like today I was cleaning earlier. I was listening to um Luther Vandross and Stevie Wonder is my number one all time favorite artist ever. Yeah. I will say though. I'm more intentional about when I listen to his music and my other favorite artists because I want to make sure like I'm present and actually paying attention yeah. to their music because it's my favorite. Um, So I've kind of stopped just playing it when I'm just like around the house or when I'm like, you know, doing something that um requires like my cognitive attention. Like if I'm working, I'll put on like more instrumentals. Um, or if I'm writing or I'm reading, it's more instrumental than anything because when I listen to music, especially my favorites, I want to be like in tune with it. I want to be present. I want to be intentional about like listening, right? Right. But my comfort artist, so there's my favorite ones. There's there's Stevie, there's Anita, like Lauren Hill, um, Luther, Al Green, Maxwell, um comfort though you're talking about like what do, what do we mean by comfort artists you got to narrow it down because i listen to i guess i think like, i've been listening to like all day <laughs> I, I guess what soothes you what suits me um soothing artists soothing artists okay lately Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Yubba. Okay. Yubba, but like her live performances, her live recordings. Okay. 
that's my that's my answer. If I had to talk about comfort artists, it's the music, it's the live music that I listen to, right. the live performances or the live recordings. I love live music. The instruments, um, the vocals are just different from the recording. I, I love live music. Um, so Yaba, I like Tank and the Bangers live performances. Okay. They're dope. Um, but yeah, if I had to go to like comfort artists, I would go like more the neo soul route. So right. India Irie, Lauren Hill, Erica Badu, Maxwell, Music Soul Child, Bilal. Um, anything from that era would be like comfort. Okay. Yeah. Anything that connects me from anything that connects me to a time that I can pinpoint to when I was young, that feels comforting. Yeah. Um, for instance, like Luther Vandross's uh, live album that my father used to play on repeat in the car for, <laughs> I mean, for a long time. So yeah. I, when I put that on, that brings comfort because I could, I, I know that whole album, top to bottom. <laughs> um, so anything that connects me to like a, I could pinpoint a time in my childhood or when I was young, that's comfort music to me. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> I think, um, what is it? Mine, hmm. I don't know, I have a few, because, like, like, I would play, like, when I used to work with kids, I used to play, I used to play Stevie Wonder for them and, like, different type of artists to, like, uplift them and stuff. So it's, like, a meaning behind the music I would play. But for me, hmm, it probably would be Stevie Wonder and, hmm. Maybe Miguel, but now I guess um I don't know. Like when I used to, I probably say Wale because like I would listen to Wale all throughout college, like legit. And what he did with the Seinfeld stuff, like even though that doesn't seem like it would be a comfort artist, but what he did, like. Like just connecting him stuff, his his music with Seinfeld, I thought that was dope. And if he's listening to this, or if you ever hear it, if you ever see this, call me Wally. I have such a crush on him. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing with that. Um, shoot your shot. You can't be quiet. Um, yeah. You... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so you basically want to be seen. So, do you feel seen and protected in your community? My community, uh, which community? The black community. Mm. And protected, seen and protected. So when you said that, what first came to mind was um, there's this company um, that makes these bags that say protect black women, Mm -hmm. protect black children. And I follow this account on Twitter um, and they're they're always professing uh, protect black women, protect black children, whatever, whatever. Like literally they send a tweet out, if not every day, then every other day. I think it's every day. Protect black women, right? Yeah. And... 
I think with the help of help of so so geez, with the help of social media, yeah, we are exposed to more and more instances where black women are tar- are targeted specifically for whatever, whether it's white supremacy, whether it's white feminism, or whether it's the violence of black women at the hands of black men. I feel like the exposure has increased for sure. And therefore the concern and the call to action has increased also. Yeah. Now that's, that's a general blanket statement for what I see just through like social media and and the media in general, like there's music out about like protecting black women and there's, there's movements out there. Um, in my personal experience, however, I'm going to say yes and no. Yes, in that myself and other Black women I know have been able to kind of like claim some sort of sisterhood or some sort of like communities of our own where we do feel protective and we do feel safe. But also, in my personal experience, my friends, family members, we still are experiencing some some pretty harmful behaviors um, from people. Um, men, women of all different communities and identities for no other reason besides the fact that we are black women. And as black women, as Malcolm X said, the black woman is the most hated person on this planet. Um, in every, I'm currently reading, um, Alaura's, I hope I'm saying his name right, Alaura's, Alaura Ekiano's, uh, narrative. Okay. And this is like the third or fourth slave narrative that I've read this year. And I've read a few um, throughout my life. But in each one, something that is really common is like the enslaved Black woman being treated inhumanely. And yes, all enslaved people were buffered. But when we talk about intersectionality and being Black and woman is two strikes against you. Mm-hmm. It's just a different experience. Um, so in theory, yes. More exposure means more concern, means um, a bigger call to action, means people taking up the fight to help us. In theory, blanket in general, yeah, sure. In my individual personal experiences, myself and Black women in my life, I would say no. Um, rarely... Do we have spaces that we can enter and say, hey, this happened to me and it happened to me because I'm a black woman and people are like, okay, this is a safe space for you to heal, talk about it, and let's work work together to do whatever is necessary to help you be okay, right? Instead, you hear, you should have known better. What did you do to cause it? You get blamed, you get questioned, you get ridiculed, you get put down. And that's just on an individual basis. So in theory, everybody's screaming, protect black women. But down at the individual level, I, I, there's a disconnect between the two. Yeah. So yes, in theory, there's a much higher uh, exposure. There's more awareness. There's movements. Celebrities are starting movements. They're taking up the call to action, whatever. And that's lovely and that's great. And it should continue until there's no more individual situations that me, 
the black women in your life, the black women in my life can point to and be like, oh yeah, but this happened to me. So where's my movement? Where's my, like, who's going to call to action for justice for me? Right. You know? So we're making progress, which is great. The progress needs to continue, is is my answer. Yeah, you're right. Um, Like, I think some people, like with social media, some people do it just for social media, but it's actually some people that own social media that's like, yeah, sharing it and stuff is making people more aware and to mm-hmm. add more people, I guess, to the pulpit and to speaking out. So mm-hmm. it's a, I guess, it's a plus and a minus with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we definitely have to do better. Um, with the whole community as a whole, like, um, because if we don't protect y'all, <laughs> who's gonna protect us? So. Yeah, and not just in literature, like our Black stories, our, our Black literature, but literally in life, Black women, though Malcolm, Malcolm X was right in saying that the Black woman is the most hated person on the earth, we are also, uh, I think, I forget who it was that said that we are the, um, what, do, what do people call donkeys? Uh, the ones who carry burdens. The pack mule? I think so. Okay. Something like that? Yeah. They call donkeys the mules because they carry stuff on their back. Mm-hmm. Black women are also treated as pack mules, carrying everybody's burden, caring for everybody else, not learning and not being taught how to care for ourselves, not right. learning and how to be self, self-sufficient in a way that benefits everybody else but us. And you as a black man, me as a black woman, we can point to people, black women in our lives where that's very much true. Think about like the generations before us, our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts and our older cousins and, and the older black women in our lives. They they are most known for feeding everybody, taking care of everybody's kids and their own, working multiple jobs, cleaning everybody's clothes, doing what they have to do for everybody else. I have yet to hear any black older woman that I know Oh. I'm doing this for me. I'm taking care of myself. And if I have heard it, it's been because, like, recently, it's been okay for Black women to do that. Not ever before. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do better. Um, And not just, like, say, say it. We actually have to do it. For sure. But, I don't know. There's have to be more discussions about that. That's... That's a whole nother um discussion. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. But um I guess the final <laughs> question of the hour. Um, since you answered the question <laughs> probably the best out of everybody um last time. So I had to change it. Um, well, for you. I'm not gonna change for everybody else because <laughs> maybe in the future. But okay. Um, the final question is, uh, how do you want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? Used every gift, every ability, every passion every 
bit of knowledge, everything that I am and everything that I have to help the people I love, the people around me, Mm -hmm. but most importantly, the next generation and the generations after that. Um, I'm really passionate about uh, the next generation. I don't know what else to call them, but (laughs) kids, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) As a teacher, yeah. Um, of course, as a teacher, but like not just kids, like little little kids mm-hmm. or the students that I teach or school age kids. But I'm, I'm talking about like everybody in the age group after me. Um, so I have a baby brother who's 18. So everybody his age and under, or even just like younger people, the youth, right, the next generation, the people who will be uh, in charge of voting and making some of the major decisions when I'm too old to do so, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really passionate about making sure that they love themselves mm-hmm. and that they know where they come from and that they know how important they are and that they have something to turn to when despair does come. And I I want to use all of my resources and, and my time and my ability and my knowledge and my everything that I've been equipped with to empower them. Um, because it's just a different time that they're coming up in. I think about this often how like we're people in our great age group in our uh, generation, we're very fortunate to be able to be in a place where we're like, you know what? I'm really passionate about this thing. How can I make it make a living? Like, how can I make a living out of this? How can I make this make money for me? And we're coming up in such a time. Well, we have come up and we are now living in a time where you can absolutely make a living just doing off of doing things that you love to do, which yeah. is dope. And that's amazing. It helps us uh, flex our creativity and our, pa- and our passions and explore different parts of ourselves. Yeah. It's amazing because I don't, our parents and their parents for sure, our parents and grandparents did not, were not afforded that space. Right. It was go to school or learn a trade. And that's going to be what you do for the rest of your life to pay bills and take care of your family until you retire. And there's just, there was no joy in that. There's no peace in that. They had a very strong sense of duty, which was amazing. And it made them really good providers, but it did not make them happy people. And so they just weren't afforded that type of joy that we are afforded to even explore now. And I think this next generation where we're just now coming into like, oh, I can do this and make a living out of it. Cool. I think this next generation is like, I'm either going to get to do the thing that I love or I need to just straight up make money. And they are not playing any games. Like they are very, they are a very entitled generation, which is, which can be a good thing if they put it to good use. Yeah. It can also be very destructive. And I think I want to be remembered as somebody who contributes to helping the next generation just be good people and getting this country and getting this world on on track of where it should be or just doing a small part of that um and i hope that answers the question <laughs> i i want to just kind of like dedicate my life's work to doing that like yes i want to teach literature and i want to i want to help kids learn to love learning yeah um but ultimately like that's really what it is if i had to give like a general 
the blanket answer. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. That's that's a good answer. Thank you. You answered. You answered your um questions wholeheartedly. Um, like you don't hold nothing back. Like it's very pure and honest. So you you be remembered for that too. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. I think for me, um, I want to be remembered. I guess um, always putting a smile on people's faces. Um, uh, I remember for my character and how, like, I carried myself. Um, and I guess if I made a difference in people's lives or not, mm-hmm. I think I have a certain um, thing about me. Like, uh, I'm not um, hard to forget. Like, I have, like, a good energy and it's like pure so yeah um <laughs> yeah do you have anything else you want to share follow St. Coco Books on Instagram and go visit my website <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah that'll do it um <laughs> And thanks for having me back. Yeah, um, finally. Like, but hey, life happens. So life happens. Yeah, but <laughs> definitely, um, this be one for the books. No pun intended. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, I'm Jair. Um, you can follow me on Jair to the Throne, uh, Jair Solo, and on um, TikTok, Relatable Nostalgia. And this has been the Airbrand Podcast. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>